Hi, my name is Mike Herbster. I'm privileged to be the director of Southland Christian Camp Ministries. For over 25 years, Southland has centered itself around the ministry of preaching. We believe that God uses the foolishness of preaching to convict hearts and transform lives. Our prayer is that today's sermon would push you to become more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you listen, would you carefully evaluate your life in light of God's Word and take the appropriate action to grow in your walk with Him? We hope that you will enjoy today's message. So the purpose of our habits of holiness is to display the glory of God and by reason of that then displaying and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the grace of God that's appearing to all men, appears through you. You are one of the best tracks that can be given. Your example and your lifestyle and your words that you give to those that are lost. And I'm telling you, um, don't underestimate what your life can be as you seek the glory of God, then you will be displaying by the way that you live the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is God's purpose. It seems like a simple purpose, but we'll see in just a moment that there's, there's something that comes along that makes it difficult to do that. And this is why the patterns and the habits that we build are so crucial. All right, so the purpose of these habits of holiness is the glory of God and the gospel of God. Second of all, what is the pattern for these habits of holiness? I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 11 for a second, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So let me just say very clearly and boldly that the pattern for this is Jesus Christ. Once we're saved, brought into the right relationship with God, we can properly glorify God and we can declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the reason we can do that is the Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have no hope to glorify God apart from Jesus Christ. Or Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, you might want to write down that text, Galatians 2.20, uh, and maybe even work to memorize it. It is a text that is very worth meditating on because what you have is some very clear paradoxes given in that text. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Okay, so I die in Christ, but yet I live through Christ. That's a, that's, I'm just giving you an illustration of what I'm talking about. Without Christ and his pattern and his, uh, his pardon for our sin, the penalty removed, we couldn't do this. We couldn't have habits of holiness. We couldn't live in a way that glorifies God. But God, through Christ, gave us a pattern to follow. And his, we are to walk in his steps. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Very clearly, Paul says this over and over in his, in his epistles. I don't want you to follow me because I'm something. No, I want you to follow me because Christ is something in me. And he said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Turn over there real quick. Familiar verse, verse 28. It's popular verse for people that uh, go through hard things. We know all things work together for good to them that love God. To them are called according to his purpose. Verse 28 says... Why does God bring those, those things that even that we don't understand into our life? Well, verse 29 helps us to sh see the pattern for which every part of life is, is transpiring. For whom he did for know, he also did predestinate to be what? Conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first, firstborn among many brethren. So we could go to many, many other passages that teach us this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus 
who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, talks about his obedience to become a servant unto death, even the death of the cross, uh, Philippians chapter 2. We could go to many, many other places that, that can help us understand that there is a pattern set for us, and it's Jesus Christ. Why do we have the Gospels? Why do we have the story of Jesus in, in, in the uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? So that we can go to that, and as we read and study the New Testament, we can go, yeah, I need to follow in his steps, the steps of holiness. And he who knew no sin, the Bible says, became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. How many of you wish that you could live in such a way that you would never sin. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Do you know that through Christ, you have the potential for that? With God, all things are possible, the Bible says. And he never calls us to do something that he doesn't empower us to do. So we have the potential, the power available to us, the ability through Christ to follow that pattern. Are we perfect at that? Absolutely not. But we, we need to build a pattern or a habit based upon what the way Christ lived. Um, I have a little bracelet on. I got up at uh, Maranatha's. Um, actually, it was given to me when, when they tested us for COVID, making sure we didn't have uh, COVID. And uh, these were all the people that made it through. And my understanding is everybody made it through. So they didn't have anybody that was tested that they had to turn away. That's a, that's a blessing. But I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing it still. But do you remember the little bracelets that people used to wear that said, what would Jesus do? WWJD, right? Um, it was interesting. Uh, one time, I, I think it was a camper that actually had it, had it tattooed on him. WWJD. I thought, thought, thought that very interesting because uh, um, he may, may have um, thought, should have thought about what would Jesus do before he put that tattoo on. But anyway, um, I think it's a valuable thing to think about. Because when we think about where we should be in establishing habits for our life, spiritual habits, but lifestyle habits, what would Jesus do is a good question because we are to be like Christ. So is there anything in your life that you're doing right now as a, as a practice or as a habit that isn't something Christ would do? That's a very valid question we need to all ask ourselves. What would Jesus do? So this is the pattern for these habits of holiness. Third, number three, I want you to notice the practice. This is where, where the rubber meets the road, where it's, it gets, you know, where you're getting in the trenches and you have to actually put in the work. Oh yeah, I need, to, I need the purpose for the glory of God. Oh yeah, Christ is my pattern. But what does that look like for me? What is the practice of this? Turn over to 1 Timothy for a moment. And this is definitely a topical message, just helping you understand how important in life, habits are and being disciplined unto godly habits. So we're going to another text, 1 Timothy chapter 4. I love this text for a number of different reasons. Verse 7, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Timothy, young man, uh, being mentored by the older man, the apostle Paul. Paul says, if you're going to make it through life, you're going to have to practice some discipline. He says, refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Watch verse 8. Here's the illustration. Bodily exercise profiteth little. Amen. I'm glad it does. I wish it profited more. I wish I didn't have to do it as much. But as you get older, you re- you'll start to recognize this. You have to do it a lot more in order to... I exercise so I can eat what I, what I want to eat. That's what I, what I do. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. What does it take for us to daily discipline ourselves for bodily exercise. It takes some work. 
Uh, some energy, some time set aside, right? There's a sense in which, you know, whether you're running just a mile a day or whether you're a marathoner or an Ironman triathlon, oh, those guys are nuts. Um, and, or, you know, these guys that are running what's called ultra marathons. I mean, it's amazing. So, some, of the, some of the feats, physical feats of people as far as bodily exercise are incredible. Um, and you might say, well, how, how in the world did they get to the point they could do that? Habits, discipline, no matter what you're doing physically uh, to exercise, that takes discipline. So he's using that illustration to say, that's what you need spiritually in your life. You need discipline unto holiness. Second Corinthians 7 verse 1, turn, turn over there real quick. 2 Corinthians, stay with me here. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. And maybe, maybe start thinking, let the Lord speak to you about any area where you're lacking in discipline. Because what I'm trying to challenge you about as a student going forward at the start of a semester is uh, building spiritual habits of, of holiness. But man, you need discipline in order to be a good student. You need, you need discipline to be, to be a good worker. You need to, discipline to be a good athlete. You need discipline to be a good, good dad. You need discipline to be a, a good boss someday. You need discipline to be a good church member, right? So what, what I'm challenging you about is something that is really cut down in our society because we live in a very lazy, low work ethic society. And I want to challenge you to be hard workers in everything that you do. We, we talked a little bit about that yesterday. All right, but 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises... The promises of God, the promises of, of Scripture, dearly beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Just a tremendous verse to challenge us about the practice towards holiness. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So a couple things I want to mention to you under, under this point of practice. Two things, adopt new habits and abolish bad habits. Hmm, sounds pretty simple. You have to get rid of the bad habits if you're going to ever set yourself for success in good habits. So in both of those areas, there are two types of habits that, spiritually speaking, need to be adopted in our life. Habits that make us be more God-focused and then habits that make us more people-focused, I think are both habits of holiness. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, we, we don't live as an island unto ourselves. We we're not monks that discipline ourselves to adopt the habit of being God-focused, so we're just going to go hide in a cave and just study the Scriptures for the rest of our life. Um, that doesn't sound at all like what God teaches us to do. No, we ought to study the scriptures the rest of our life, but we ought not go hide in a cave, right? So the person who's really God-focused will also be people-focused. You remember the two um, greatest commandments? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. And what's the second? Love thy neighbor as thyself. I've been around people sometimes as Christians who have said, yeah, I'm just not really a people person. I don't really love people at all. And I'm like, um, well, the Bible says you ought to love people, right? I know personality-wise there are going to be some people that are more apt to be around people. But all Christians that really love God will also love people. And the text we read earlier talked about how we ought not forsake the assembling of ourselves, how that we ought to want to be around people. We ought to give uh, good works to people. Titus chapter 2 was talking about be zealous of good works. So adopting new habits in our God focus, but in our people focus. Do you have a good habit 
of spending time with God? Do you have a good habit of memorizing scripture? Do you have a good habit of meditation on the truth of God? Do you walk in such a way like Psalm 91 says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. That is a tremendous um, challenge to dwell, to make your habitation in God, to take God with you in everything that you do in life. That's the habit we need to be seeking in our life. When that happens, you will be have the second, you will adopt the second habit if that's true, because people that pursue God will also pursue loving other people and be people focused. And boy, we can talk about all kinds of character traits that need to be flowing out of our life and and how we relate to other people, whether that's forgiveness or kindness um, or servanthood. Uh, Those are just a few. Those are great habits. We ought to get up every day thinking, God, I, I, want, I want to love you more. What habits do I need to build in my life? What do I need to do differently in my routine to, to shine that I want God in my life more? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And then, and then we ought to be getting up every day thinking, what, what can I do to be people focused? How can I invest in the lives of other people? So we need to adopt new habits. The second part of that is obviously abolishing the bad habits. And this is all through scripture. And some of those habits are what we would call sin, right? So obviously confessing our sins is an important thing. We can't just live in a continual state of giving into the flesh. When that becomes a habit, it's a bad habit that has to be abolished. He that soweth to the flesh will reap of the flesh. He that sows to the spirit will reap of the spirit. Is there sin that you're harboring and hanging on to and have actually built a habit around a sinful pattern in your life? A sinful thought pattern? A sinful activity? A sinful words? What needs to be abolished and taken out of your life? And so some of those are God-focused and people-focused uh, um, habits as well. Bad habits that, that cause us um, to to actually not walk in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. So the practice of this is just like in any other area of your life, in order for me to stop drinking Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew, I have to recognize that that's a bad habit. And I have to be the one that changes it. And I have to sit in my practice to drink a lot more water. And I've drank more water since then than probably combined in the rest of my life because I was such a sodaholic. I loved it. And I, once in a while, I still drink a soda, okay, I, in moderation, right? But if, if soda was, uh, was alcohol, I would have been definitely an alcoholic, okay? And you look at any other pattern, physical pattern or ba- bad habit emotionally, bad habit mentally, it never happens. It never changes just because you say, boy, that's a bad habit. No, you have to target it. You have to practice the change. You have to make the change. So as it even relates to your study, your academics, maybe you didn't have good habits of study in high school, but you know, you need to have better habits of study in college. You need to, you need to abolish the bad habits and and gain a good habit to, to be uh, more studious, right? In your academics. Obviously, we're talking about the spiritual realm is most important. But I do believe if you're spiritually focused and God focused and people focused, that you're also going to want to be focused in those other areas because all of those areas are wrapped up in all of life. And every area of life needs to be for the glory of God. So I I want to encourage you to be young people who recognize that it takes hard work step by step to build these uh, habits of discipline in your life. All right, I got to finish, okay? Okay. 
I only have six minutes. Number four is the problem. What is the problem for the habits of holiness? Well, there's enemies. There's, There's a war. We are soldiers in a battle. It's not easy. It's not a cakewalk. The world, the flesh, the devil. Say them together. The world, the flesh, and the devil are the enemies of the habits of holiness. There's a problem. And the biggest problem is is the flesh. The problem is within, right? You are totally depraved. And without Christ, you have no potential to walk in holiness. With Christ, you do. Your depraved nature is still there. Though Christ has redeemed you, you still struggle. How many of you have felt that struggle? Yeah? Better be nodding, right? Because you haven't felt the struggle. Maybe the Savior's not in you. The struggle is real. So I'm not concerned with young people who are struggling with sin because I struggle with sin, right? All of us as Christians struggle with sin. We ought to be struggling I'm concerned with young people who are satisfied with the habits of sin. That Those young people ought to really seriously see if they're really a child of God. If you're satisfied with sin, you're going the way of sin, the way of the world, the way of the flesh, and it satisfies you. There is pleasure in sin for a season. The Bible says that. But I'm talking about the overarching theme of your life is being satisfied with the wrong habits spiritually, the sinful habits, the flesh, the world. Then you ought to check to see if you're really in the family of God. So we have a problem, and that problem is the world, the flesh, and the devil. That problem is our own selfishness, our own lethargy, our sleep. Uh, I like to alliterate things. So selfishness, sleepiness, and slothfulness, Right? We, we fall prey to these things. And, and the, the, the world is not a, a friend to the heart of God. The world is going to pull you down if you, if you allow it. Oh boy, we could go to a lot of passages, but let me give you a couple. First, first John chapter 2, 15, verse 15. You ought to memorize this passage if you haven't too. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. But the world passeth away, and the lusts thereof. But he that does the will of God will abide forever. Very clearly states for us the problem is the world. The problem is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's all trying to pull us down. That's why we need habits of holiness. And the problem is real. So with, with all that's going on in our world, with the media, with social media, with entertainment, with YouTube, with, with um, you know, all the stuff that's flying in our face in, in the world, look, you've got to be cautious and set up good habits to fight against the problem instead of just adopting it. We are so susceptible to falling asleep, to drifting into it, to being, as we heard last night, sifted as wheat, and we are drawn away of our own lusts and enticed. So part of the habit is learning how to say no to that, learning how to say no to your flesh, say no to the world, to fight the devil. And it's very clear, James 4, 7, uh, submit yourselves therefore to God, obey God, resist the devil, fight against him, stand against him. And he will flee from you. Guess what? That has to happen moment by moment every single day. That's the problem. Why we need to build good habits of saying no to the devil. And then I got I to conclude with the promise and the power for victory. What is the promise? God gives us everything that we need for life and godliness, the scripture says. We can build these habits of holiness. 
We can be people that have Christ as our focus. And uh, three things there that he gives us. The Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the people of God. Let's take those quickly and then I got two minutes and I'll, I'll be done, okay? When you're saved, you get all of the Spirit of God. The Spirit comes in, He convicts you, He challenges you to change, He reveals to you things in your life that, that are wrong. He comforts you, He encourages you. You have God within you. That is amazing, isn't it? You get all of the Spirit when you, when you get saved. So the Spirit of God is there for you. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. All right, so follow this, going back to building a practice of seeking God first. How do we walk in the Spirit? Well, we make God the priority of our life. We take His truth to envelop our hearts, our motivations, our minds, our emotions. And all of our choices are centered around what does God say. And we move in a direction uh, with a heart for God to seek Him and a heart to obey Him. That's the person that's walking in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you will not. That is a straightforward promise. You will not give in to the lusts of the flesh. How many of you want that every day? I want that. So on the opposite end, when I give in to the flesh, guess what? I'm not walking in the Spirit. I've ignored the Spirit. Do you think the Spirit of, the, the Spirit of God is the problem when I fall in sin? No, I'm the problem. I quenched the Spirit. I grieved the Spirit. I didn't listen to the Spirit. And I just want to tell you, young people, be sensitive and submissive to the Spirit of God in your your life. Don't ever lose a sensitive conscience to to sin, to ungodliness, and, and walk in the Spirit, and God will bless your life. Second of all is the Word of God. So the Spirit of God and the Word of God, two two massive tools, the tools that God gives us for holiness. And um, we can say a lot about the Word of God, but it's quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. The Bible says it's like the water that falls to the earth that brings forth fruit. So is my word. It will not return void. The Bible says in Psalm 119, which is a great text on the Word of God, the longest chapter in the Bible, fitting, that it's on the Word of God. And, And it tells us that when we walk in the Word, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. God's Word keeps us from sin. This book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. My dad wrote that in my Bible when I was in elementary school. I'll never forget it. Look, the more you're in the Bible, the more you meditate on the Bible, the more you let the truth of God's word envelop your life and and characterize who you are, the better off you'll be in these habits of holiness. We have everything that we need in the word of God. Isn't that a miraculous book that for generations and generations and for all people in all languages, it's all we need to to actually accomplish our creator's purpose for our life. And then I I put third, the people of God. And this is important as I close, that you understand the spirit of God and the word of God are enough. But God brings people along to encourage you as well. Ever had a preacher, preach a message that really impacted you? They were walking in the spirit. They were giving the word of God. And that person then impacted your life. It was Christ through that person, as Paul, we already looked at. But there's going to be people that God uses in your life. Parents, pastors, people here at camp, hopefully, friends. All of those are people that can help encourage you in your habits of holiness. We ought to be welcoming that. We ought to be asking people to help us. We ought to not ignore what other people even actually see in our life. But we ought to actually be asking them, what do you see in my life? 
And that's a humble heart that says, you know what? My main focus is to live holy. So it's worth it for me to go to a friend or go to a, a pastor or go to some, somebody that's a spiritual influence in my life and say, hey, what do you see in my life? Or, you know, I, I'm struggling with this. What can I do better? Or what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Look to somebody in the, in the, as, a, as a part of the people of God to help you in the promise and power for victory that God has given you through his spirit and his word. Oh, there's much more that we can say, but keep the big picture in mind, young people. Um, You're building these habits that are going to make you successful academically and physically. But most importantly, build the habits of holiness that will make you successful spiritually. So one day you won't be ashamed at his coming. You won't live with regrets about the way you lived your life. And remember what Aristotle says, habits formed in your youth are what make the difference for your life. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. May the message you've just heard be truth that transforms your heart and life. Christ loves you and wants you to grow in His grace through salvation and sanctification. If you've never placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, we'd love to talk to you personally. Please give us a call at 318-894-9154 or shoot me an email at mherbster at southlandcamp.org. Christ has promised eternal life and a life worth living if you will only believe in Him. May the Lord bless you in your pursuit of Christ-like living. Tune in next time right here for another message on the Southland Podcast.